happening, everyone? Welcome in. Uh, just another sports podcast. Uh, Greg Swatek, Josh Smith, jo- joined by our comrade Joe Ferraro once yo. again this week. How are you, Joe? That was a loud yo. Let me uh, turn you down yo. a little bit. Uh, hang on one second. Say hello <laughs> to the bad guy. <laughs> Say hello to the bad guy, yeah. All this right, rinky dink uh, operation here. Yeah, Come right. on. we're we're gonna get on track here in a second. Uh, we'll uh, throw some people on the boat this week. Uh, I'll have my bad. I have a couple bad looks uh, for the week. Josh, do you have a good look? Oh for the man, because we were gonna maybe introduce that segment this week. I'll, if not, we could we could push it back. Give me, give me. Uh, I'll I'll think about it throughout our our recording session here. See and, if I can come up uh, with one. We'll do seen or to be seen. But I thought since the NFL season opens on Sunday. Um, that we'd uh, do a little NFL preview uh, for all of you wonderful uh, listeners out there. We could uh, give our take on who's going to win each division, maybe uh, playoff teams, and uh, who's going to who's going to play in the Super Bowl. So I figured we could do that uh, to start here. Uh, so we'll go division by division. Where, where should we start? AFC, NFC. Uh, Let's do alphabetical order and start in the AFC, Greg. All right. AFC East, uh, the Dolphins, I guess, to win the AFC East, guys. Or, <laughs> who else is it? Wait, what? who is in this division other than New England? New England, Miami, the, the, the Jets. Jets, and Buffalo. Oh yes, yeah. I forgot. So, anyone other than the Patriots? Uh, going once, going no. twice. Okay. No. Is anybody buying the Jets uh, as like a potential like wild card team? Potential wild card, yes. Uh, division winners, no. Um, I'm in the I, same boat. I, I think Sam Darnold could have a pretty good second season. I think Le'Veon Bell, a year out of football, it'll be interesting to see what kind of shape he's in, but I, I think he'll help. They don't really have any proven receivers, though. Um, they have guys like Quincy and Unwa and, and guys who are good. But Jameson but, Crowder is going to have a big year, I have a feeling. Yeah, he could be a good little slot receiver for him, but the Jets don't have a lot of proven playmakers outside of uh, Le'Veon Bell, so... That's why I sort of hesitate with them. And uh, can the Bills be better with uh, Josh Allen? I, I, I think Josh Allen could be an improved quarterback this year. Uh, is he going to be? A, is he going to have a better year than Sam Darnold, though? Not sure about that. I, I don't see but, that happening. Um, but Allen could be a. He showed what he could do against your team uh, last he year. He did Josh. jumping uh, over linebackers for first right. downs and throwing touchdowns. That jerk, man! What a upset that was. Right. Uh, so I think Josh Allen could be better, but the Bills are probably the third best division in the t- in uh, third best team in that division. Easier for me to say. And then you have the Dolphins, who seem to be trying to be uh, terrible uh, this season. So, uh, so the Patriots in the AFC East. We could get back to the Jets maybe when we offer our wild card. We uh, have a lot of we have a lot of by default winners uh, with a lot of these divisions in the AFC East, and I'm uh, I'm going to make your Browns uh, a default winner. Yeah, in, well, in, in that division. Let's get to, let's go to the AFC North. And wow, they're a default winner in the AFC. <laughs> it's North? not a very good division. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think yeah. it is. Uh, the, the question I think I don't think the Ravens are going to be very good because I think Lamar Jackson's going to have to prove that he could be an effective passer i'm not sure that he can be so i, I just question how accurate he could be man so. I, i'm having i'm having trouble discounting the ravens i i we've talked about this they're here always, at the office they're always there they're always in the hunt and i for some reason i just think whatever they're going to do on offense is going to it's going to throw people for a loop i know everybody said oh well there was the blueprint last year that was created by the Chargers in the playoffs, I think they're going to change enough, and Jackson is going to take a little bit of a step. As long as he stays healthy, uh, he'll take a little bit of a step, and that will keep them around all season. And not, I'm not saying that they're, that they're, the best, they're going to be the best team in the division because I really do think, at least on paper, I really like the Browns. I, I just I, I like their personnel, and I love Baker Mayfield, so I'm going to have to pick them. But – I mean, I know we're going to get to picks, wild card picks eventually. I I can see the Ravens making the playoffs. It's not just their offense though. It's like, what did they lose on? Yeah, defense? I mean, no more Suggs, no yeah. more again. Uh, CJ Mosley is but, gone. Th- but it's like they're always there though. The defense somehow they always figure out a way. They have a great coordinator. They'll make do with the pieces they have. They have a couple of decent players uh, in the back end, and you got to figure. What are you at? What are you smiling about, Greg? Not, nothing. <laughs> And they'll have like a couple of guys who will come out of nowhere and have like career years, and you know what I mean, like, and they're going to be there. 
That's yeah. just what I. That's just what I think, Joe. What do you think? Well, uh, Greg alluded to the defense, not not just Mosley and Suggs, but uh, Zadarius Smith, uh, underrated yeah. uh, defender. He he's now with Green Bay, so that that's a lot to to replace. And uh, the secondary is strong. Did add, they did add uh, Earl Thomas. They did. They did. So. But, but yeah, I mean, with those kind of uh, playmakers, uh, you're gonna have to replace all of them. And I know, I know, in the off season, they said that you know they they had what full confidence that they would you know replace uh, those guys in house. Well, I want I want to see it. I we'll want to see, see it to believe it. Yeah, I, I just feel like that you know that offense. They're gonna be playing a ball control offense. The defense, if if the offense is doing what it's supposed to do, the defense won't be on the field all that much. Uh, I don't know. That's just a that's just a feeling I'm getting. Uh, and but I'm always like that. I think last year I even said like when they made the playoffs, I'm like, here we go. Like this is a typical Ravens team that'll like yeah, out of nowhere go to the Super Bowl. Your default position is the Ravens are going to be yeah. really good. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I hate to say that because I never root for them. That's just who yeah. I am. I mean, it's odd because I'm from a I'm from that area, but yeah. No. I I think the question in the AFC North is either the Browns or Steelers to win it, and it's a matter of whether you like. The Browns, who have done nothing, who have done absolutely nothing, and it's all on paper hype with, with them so far. I mean, they made a huge step last year going from 0-16 to 7 wins, but it's all hype. They have a lot of new pieces. There's a lot of egos in the room now, a brand-new head coach. So there's a lot of moving pieces with the Browns, that, and if things don't all go perfectly, it could unravel. And then the Steelers – the idea that the Steelers aren't going to miss Antonio Brown, like everyone's suggesting, they're just going to pick up the pieces with Juju Smith-Schuster and just be this juggernaut offense, I think is completely inaccurate. Who's, who's so. the other receiver they have that they really like? His name is Washington? Oh, James Washington. I think they're really high on him. I don't know if that's just talk, though. And I think he could be a really good player, but the idea that they're not going to miss Antonio Brown to me is, yeah. is ridiculous. They're, they're going to miss him. I think James Conner's a good back, but I don't think he's a great back. So Ben's not, a year older. He's not as good as Le'Veon Bell, so... Look, I, I could see the Steelers winning the division just because they're solid and, and they maybe added a couple of pieces that will help them on defense, namely their draft pick, uh, Devin Bush. But um, but I think the Browns have more talent on paper than the Steelers, but can, can they actually do it? Because they are the yeah. Browns after all. And, yeah. and, and the Steelers have Ben, and until they don't have Ben, that they're always going to be uh, – a contender, I think. I'm feeling like the I, I just I'm going Browns, Ravens, Steelers, and that Bengals in that order in this division, and I think it's because I mean and you, but you've dealt with this your whole life with the Browns. It just it you know even when it looks really good, it doesn't come to fruition. But for whatever reason, like there's all these really young guys. They don't they have a sense of the history there. You know what I mean? A lot of the te- a lot of the guys that were on that team that lost all of those games a couple of years ago are gone. Um, they're starting. They've started almost all all the way over, and they have this guy Mayfield who just he just oozes confidence, right? And I think that permeates the team. And I just think, I mean, yeah, these guys know the history, but I I don't think it's like in the forefront of their minds. The so thing, I think that will help. The thing that will trip them up a time or two, and we've already talked about this, is their kicking game. They're going with yeah. two rookie kickers. They cut Britain. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't believe they cut Britton Colquitt, their veteran. Punter, now now a Minnesota who, Viking, who's outstanding, and who the Vikings were wise to pick up. Um, they, but they went with this guy Jamie Gillian, who's from Scotland. They call him the Scottish Hammer, and he's got a strong, you gotta love that. He's, he's got a great nickname, obviously. He's got a strong leg. He's got long hair, so he's a bit of a personality. Uh, he he used to play rugby. He's he's fairly new to American. Seems football. like a guy who'd probably be dropping some Ric Flair. Woo! Right. Well, and and, and and you should see him like make tackles on special teams. This oh guy, yeah, that's this guy great. He was lighting people up that's in the preseason, making tackles. Seems like the modern day Sebastian Janikowski. Yes, right. he, he could be, and he could be very good. But but he's only been playing football for a very short period of time. And then they went with their fifth round uh, draft choice, Austin Seibert out of Oklahoma, to be their place kicker. So they have two rookie kickers. And 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 uh, the Scottish Hammer Gillian is going to be holding for uh, for Cyber. So can is he a good holder? Can he be an effective holder? So this kicking game will. If the Browns lose a game or two, it's probably going to be yeah a close game or two. It's probably going to be because of their kicking game fails them. And I think the Vikings did well to pick up uh, Colquitt. I couldn't believe the Browns cut him. So I'm going to go with the Browns too, just because I I believe in their on uh, on uh, paper talent. I think Odell Beckham was a bit of a malcontent in New York because they were losing. It wasn't so much that he's a really bad guy. I think being around Jarvis Landry, his best friend, Baker, and, and the coaching staff, the receivers coach, it was his receivers coach at LSU. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think that'll keep, help keep him in check from any sort of uh, tantrums that could 
affect the team. And I guess there's there's talk about Odell and and Baker, but uh, Nick Chubb, I, I was really impressed with him last year. I think uh, you know they don't have to you know load up in the secondary. He, he's a very very good running back, and I don't think he's talked uh, about enough. Right, and and in week nine they'll get uh, Kareem Hunt back, so that'll be a nice. Uh, Assuming he doesn't beat up someone else, right? And the fact that they're not they're, the fact that they're not going to let him in the building, I think, is ridiculous. They can give him, they get, give the guy a little structure, and uh, and yeah. allow him to be around his teammates. I mean, it's up to him not to be a yeah. a, a dummy, but and, and do stupid things. But um, like you said, though, he's back home, so maybe that'll be enough, right? So, uh, so we'll, I think we're all going with the Patriots and Browns though, so far in the two divisions. Now, now here's an interesting division. Uh, Thrown completely into chaos by Andrew Luck's retirement, the AFC <laughs> South. I would say it's really an uninteresting division now. Yeah, I mean, who do you, who do you like in the AFC South? I think I, I'm going. I don't think it's even a question. Like it's it's Houston. I mean, I yeah. I, I don't know. I I love Watson. I know they lost Clowney, but um, I I love to watch Deshaun Watson play, and they have uh, DeAndre the Hopkins. Andre Hopkins, and I know they have you know they had a, uh, an issue with their with their starting running back, but. They have some some pieces in place already. I think they got Carlos Hyde. They they have Duke Johnson. Yeah, uh, they made a bunch of heads. Yeah, head scratching trades. They gave up two high picks for Laramie Tunsil. I, I know. Tackle. I know there was a lot of criticism there, but did you see who was playing left tackle for them? It was Khalil. It was Khalil, it? who yeah. is like the pits. Like he is the epitome of like Matt Macklewell, not, not Ryan, who's actually pretty good. Yeah, he is a he's a swinging door at left tackle. And it, and you know Watson's history with with his knee, uh, they had I, I I don't know that they had to give up as much as they did to get Tunsil, but they had to do something to protect Watson's blind side. Um, I, I that guy makes football look easy. Like there are there are a couple of guys who do it in the league. He's you know Mahomes is another. Uh, Baker's one, uh, you know, from what I've seen, there's, there, you know, there are several guys that, that you watch and you're just like, oh my God, like how, how is this guy that skilled? Um, I just think this may be the year that he can get them a playoff win. You know, they, they're going to win that division. I think maybe they get a playoff. Yeah. Win. Just the other teams, I don't think are very good. Like, uh, Marcus Mariota doesn't even have a firm grasp on the Titans yeah. starting job because they signed Ryan Tannehill in the off season and Tannehill's from by most accounts has outplayed Mario yeah. during the preseason. So, and I, I just don't think Tennessee's very good. They're going to rely on their running game. Football's now a score quickly uh, passing, uh, score by passing uh, league. Um, so, I just don't think Tennessee's very good. I don't think Jackson. I think Nick Foles, when you pay him a lot of money and expect him to be the man, I think it's something different than when he can go into a situation and not really have much expectations uh <laughs> thrust onto his shoulders it'll, so. it'll be him on what the the rams all over again yeah he, he's already failed as a as a, the man pay the man starter and uh, and i just don't see him doing it for the Jags. so I, I don't think it's a very good division i don't even think houston's that i think houston's okay but I'll, 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 I'll agree with you and say the texans in the afc south joe yep i'm i'm, I'm right there too uh, <laughs> don't not gonna pick uh the jacoby Brissett to lead the you know the colts to the promised land uh that's for sure right uh afc west uh it's it's interesting i think we would all go with the chiefs but but the chargers are pretty pretty darn good too they beat the chiefs uh twice last year is this is this the year that we see philip rivers like take a take a dive, like not take a dive, but fall off a cliff, you know, like well, and 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 start showing his age a little. They lost one of their really good receivers in uh, Terrell Williams. They still have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Yeah, very good. But they had a three-headed monster last year. It's now been reduced. To, it's now a two-headed monster. Plus, they don't have Gordon. Plus, right? they don't have Melvin Gordon, who's still holding out, and who the team is shelved contract talks with, and they've given him permission to seek a trade. So. It's either he's going to get traded or he's going to play for the Chargers. Um, yeah, and and that and it doesn't seem like the sides are very close to an agreement. So I think the Chargers are good. They're probably not as good as the Chiefs. Um, I think the Raiders could be a train wreck, an interesting train wreck, but a train wreck. And then uh, Denver with Joe Flacco. Eh. Uh, that's an eight and eight team to me. Yeah, I mean I, mean, I, I know they have a good defense still, but. He's Joe Flacco. You know who he is. You know what he is. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not completely enamored of the pieces that they have around him in terms of receivers and stuff. I don't know that they added anyone. 
Um, they still have some decent receivers, and they have that really good young running back whose name I can't remember right now. Um, but he's Joe Flacco. Philip uh, uh, Lindsay. Yeah, so I, I can't I, – I don't see them even being wild card uh, – in, in that division. The other thing with the Chargers is they lost Derwin James, too. And mm. He's going to miss most of the mm. season. He's like their all-pro. Terrific uh, de- safety. De- yeah. Defensive back. So um, I, I want to I say the Chargers could give the Chiefs a run. I just think that there's too many missing pieces from their good season last year uh, to make it happen. So yeah. uh, Kansas City uh, in, in the West. I think four agreements on the division. Yes. 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 Yeah. yes. Um, all right. So who are the next – two best teams in the AFC who are the teams that I, could make I, the I'm going to stick with the Ravens I'm going to say the Ravens and um and the Jets I'm, I'm going to say the no Jets. Chargers no I'm, I'm going to say I, I think I, as much as I love watching Philip Rivers play I just think maybe this is the year that he starts to show his age a little more uh I hope it doesn't happen because I like to watch him but um I think the Jets are maybe on the rise a little bit and uh they can get that done I'm, I'm going to go with the Chargers. Uh, Gordon's not there. Uh, from what I'm, I'm hearing, uh, Austin Eckler is—he's not Melvin Gordon, but he's a—he's a, he's a he's capable, nice yeah. he's a capable uh, fill-in. He's—he's he's what you know James Conner is or has been for 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 the Steelers. So so I will say, I, I will say the Chargers. Chargers and who? and and the Jets. Okay, you like you both like the Jets. I'm going to say the Chargers and uh, the Steelers. I think I think the Browns and Steelers will both get in. One will win the division. One will be in wild card. And I'm going to say the the Chargers are are the next best team. The Jets I think are in the mix though. I'd say maybe it's a three team race for two spots. Uh, Jets, uh, Steelers, Chargers uh, for those two AFC uh, wild cards. So on to the NFC now. Uh, reports are uh, that the Cowboys and uh, Zeke Elliott are uh, close on a new contract. Uh, does that put Dallas over the top in the NFC East in in, in your guys' no. mind? No, I, I still think Philly is going to be the favorite in that division. Uh, they, but that said, Dallas. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this. I, they have to. They have to have Zeke. Like if they want to compete for this division championship, division title, uh, they have to have him. I, I think they know that. Yeah, too. and I, as much as posturing is jerry jones wants to do it's all bunk like they need him yeah jason garrett even said that like there's no time limit for zeke to play in week one like he could show up like saturday he's gonna play and and he'll be in the lineup on sunday i I bet you like you remember uh way back when when none other than emmett smith held out all training camp and the first two games of the season and what happened to those champion Dallas Cowboys they lost the first two games of the season and of course quickly signed da- uh, Emmett Smith to a nice contract extension and guess what he did he came right back onto the team and they started a nice winning streak like that week like I could see the exact same thing happening here where they sign him late or maybe maybe tomorrow and he shows up and practices and plays on Sunday was this a ploy by Zeke to skip training camp yes well there was a lot involved in that I think that's part of it. I think the other part is that these guys, these running, we've been over this. These running backs know, especially somebody like him. There's only a couple of them who can do it, who who could command oh, that kind of money, right. and he and he did it. So I don't, I cannot stand that guy per, personality wise from what I've seen. Not he's that not, that really he's not matters. The world, not the world's greatest guy. Doesn't seem like a great guy to have on your team as a person, but what he does for them. Uh, yeah, on the they, field, they, they need him, they, they need him yeah, and, and he without, knows it. Without the threat of him in the backfield, yeah. that, that hurts their passing game too because, uh, I mean, Amari Cooper is a really nice receiver, but he's not like such a stud receiver that he can yeah. carry, carry an offense with Dak Prescott. So, so I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think they're, they're going to be in my discussion for uh, a wild card, um, but, I, but I, I like Philadelphia top to bottom again. I just think T to B. <laughs> T to B. Uh, I just think they're a really good team. So I don't have a whole lot to add to that. I just think they're going to win a division. Joe, I'm, Eagles? I'm, I'm there too. I, I think uh, I think the Cowboys are going to be there, you know, we, you know, with, within a game. But I think the, you know, the Eagles, uh, you know, Doug Peterson, you know, very good coach. TWB. Carson Wentz is back. Carson Wentz is back. And so – no, but just the the coaches. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I've got <laughs> I get to, I got one of those in Chicago and Matt Nagy. I mean, just the very good creative play calling, and so I'm I'm gonna go with them. T W B. 
Who, who do you like better, the Giants or the Redskins? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, have Putting to pick on between, the spot. I have to pick between those teams. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go with the Redskins uh, just be, just because of uh, of their defense. Uh, you know, Eli. It's it's the end. I'm uh, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll take the Redskins. But you know, because of, because of their defense. And, and Josh will tell you the Case Keenum is a serviceable uh, starting. I will. I am in his <laughs> corner, but I will go to the Giants. In that scenario, if you're giving me, if you're asking me that if I take the Redskins over the Giants uh, in terms of their overall record, this year, like our boy Matthew Collar told us last week, like when we pitted the Ravens against the Redskins uh, to him, I'm a, I'm going to take the Giants just because. Shermer's there. Eli is a commodity. He's still a decent quarterback. Saquon Barkley's maybe the best player in the NFL. Like, let's be honest. Like, he may be the best overall pound-for-pound player in the entire league. Uh, their line has got major question marks, I think. But uh, they did sign, they, In the Beckham trade, they acquired Kevin Zeitler, the very good all-pro, highly paid guard. Yeah. So that, that should help their line. So, so I mean, I, I – I don't know. I know they lost uh, Collins, the safety to the Redskins, um, and I, I, they they were under they were incredibly underwhelming last year. But if you're if you're asking me if I'm going to take the Giants or the Redskins, I'm going to take the Giants. Can the Redskins win six games this year? Six is what you're putting the over under at, um, or five point five. <laughs> six games. Uh, I'm going to say they win exactly six games. Okay. I'm gonna I'm take not, the I'm gonna take the under on that. Really, you can yeah. take the under. Yeah, oh. I'm, I'm not sure that the one six. I mean, who are their playmakers on offense? I mean, Adrian Peterson. Geis um, is gonna be a big part of it, but receiver wise, they're in tr- they're uh, right not in trouble, but like they they don't they're, have they're, any they're, known they're, right. There's no one. There's right. like Paul guys like Paul Richardson yeah. and uh, and is there, they'd cut Josh Doxson, so it's a completely nondescript I, receiving. Yeah, I'm just gonna say. They'll have enough defense to win six games. Like in Minnesota, Case Keenum had Adam Thielen and Stephon yeah. Diggs. In Washington, he doesn't have anything close to that. Yeah. So. Now with the Giants, I mean, who they don't have any receivers that they really either, wow, yeah. wow you either. So right, Sterling Shepard, um, who's Tate. Bat- bat- battles injuries. Tate, who's going to be who's going to be out for four right. weeks, for four games. Yeah. Right. So. Um, yeah, I, it's going to be a rough year for the where, uh, Redskins, and I think they'll be looking for a new coach. So you're, you're where, going, where are going, you? I'm going the Eagles to win the division, Dallas second, uh, probably the Giants, uh, maybe Daniel Jones if they struggle, uh, yeah. he will get in there and play. He's had a good preseason so far. Um, maybe he'll get in I mean, there and give him some life. Um, and I think the Redskins are like a four to five win team probably. So. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, how, how quickly do you think Jones is is uh, is in the lineup for for the Giants? They love Eli in New York, so, um, so just like, I think Eli's gonna have to be really bad for it to happen in the first half of the season. So, I, unless they're really bad, I, I think it's, it'll be dictated by record or Eli just being or Eli's play or, or horrendous in, in in the early part of the season. Uh, yeah. So, all right, uh, NFC Central. I know Josh will say the Vikings, the North or the NFC, <laughs> the, uh, the old NFC Central. Right, uh, the NFC North. Excuse me. I know Josh is going to say the Vikings are going to win it. Right? No, I, I, you know how I am. I never pick my team to no, do anything. I, I, I was sort of being uh, facetious. I don't there. know who I want to pick in this division. I, I think the Bears and, and Joe can speak more to, to what they have going on. I, they come back to reality a little bit. I think the Packers are going to be better. I think my team is going to be just about the same. I think the Vikings will be about eight and eight. I think this is going to be a, a, a division where the teams are just going to beat on each other, and uh, I don't think a wild card is coming out of this division. What do, you, what do you think Dalvin Cook gives the Vikings run, running game? I love him. Yeah. I, he just needs to stay healthy. Like right. he is, he is what their entire offense will revolve around if he is healthy. And a lot of people don't know how good he he is an outstanding talent, but he just he can't stay on the field. Um, if he can, if he can stay on the field and play fourteen to sixteen games, they'll be they'll be challenging for the division title. I don't know that I believe he's going to be able to do that. So the Vikings have an adequate quarterback. They, what about their line? Is there, is there their line is line upgraded? Anywhere? It's better. It's slightly better, but still has major question marks, especially in that division. As and Joe can speak to this, there are tons of fantastic defensive fronts in that division. The Vikings being one of them, but like they've. The, the Detroit has fantastic defensive front. Chicago has the best defensive front probably in the NFL. 
Uh, Green Bay has some studs. Now they they got rid of Mike Daniels, but no Clay Matthews. Uh, they don't. Well, I wasn't even counting him and and as being a great player, but anymore. But they they do have some nice players. Um, and they got uh, Smith from the Ravens, but um, so it, it's. I just think it's going to be a lot of these. These teams are just going to beat up on each other, and no one's going to be really great. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm going to pick the Packers in that division just because of the the upgrades they've made on on the defense defensive side of the ball. They got Zadarius Smith from the Ravens, Preston Smith from the Redskins, and Adrian Amos, the safety from the Bears. So their their defense was atrocious last year. That's why they weren't very good. And, and but but I think they'll be better. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, to me, he's he's just too good of a quarterback to. To not have a, a, a another Super Bowl title on, uh, under his uh, his belt, and he'll, he'll he'll be challenging for one this year, I think. It's what Josh always says about the Packers; they have Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm so going to have to pick them. Very good. I, I hate them. I hate his guts. Me too. <laughs> I want to see him retire. I wanted to see him retire right after Andrew Luck retired. I wish Aaron Rodgers was right behind him, but Anthony Barr didn't fall on him hard enough. I I, so. I don't know. You know how I am. I don't. I never <laughs> pick my team to win. Uh, I don't think you're going to win this division. I think it'll be the stupid Packers, so that's who I'm taking. I am going with Joe's Bears uh, simply because of their defense and uh, Khalil Mack. And I and I really like Matt uh, Nagy as a, as a head coach. I, I think he really squeezed a lot out of uh, Mitch uh, Trubisky last season. I think Trubisky's a good, not a great quarterback, but I, but I think he's good enough. Um, I, think, I think their skill position players are, are, are good enough uh, to go along with the defense. I just question this new coach in Green Bay, LaFleur. I don't know how good he is. The Packers defense hasn't been good for a long time. Uh, the Vikings have And that. now they have uh, Pagano as their defensive coordinator. Is that correct? Uh, for the Bears. For the ba- I'm sorry. Yes. I'm thinking of – I'm trying to think of who the – who's the Packers defensive coordinator? Is it Mike what, Pettin? It was Mike Pettin, the former Browns coach. I don't know who it is now. No, it, it, I think it's still his still team. Still Okay. So, um, um, and – the Vikings have that Browns quality about them, where they tend to shoot themselves in the foot. If expectations and if yeah. expectations are high, they will not live up to them. That's just what they do. And of course, everyone is talking about how oh, they should win this division on paper. They, right. they won't. That's so just I, because that's what they do. So, I, so as great as Rodgers is, I think the Packers have too many questions. Uh, the Bears had some bad luck last year with the double doink. Otherwise, they would have won a playoff game. Um, I, I think they their kicking situation could be good enough for them. Um, and and I guess uh, here's our first bit of disagreement uh, or a bit bit of dissension here. I'll I'll take the Bears uh, to win, and you yep. guys will both take the Packers. No one's taking so. no one's taking the Lions to make any noise in this division with their upgrades. Uh, Stafford, um, the defensively they 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 improved. I just don't know how good a coach Matt Patricia is. Yeah, I'm not is. I'm not buying them as uh, mm-hmm. being a, a dangerous team. Not a dangerous. Yeah, I think as you said, everybody. I agree with you here. Everybody's going to beat up on each other. So while they may be six and ten, seven and nine, you've got the you've got the Bears and the Vikings who are going to be around the nine and seven mark, and then the Packers, you know, eleven and five, somewhere in that range. So yeah, I'm going. That's, that's, I'm, I'm in agreement with Joe there. Yeah. Uh, NFC South. Uh, you have the Saints, uh, who should have been in the Super Bowl last year, who Josh loves. Um, I might hate the Saints more than the Packers. <laughs> I might. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to do a Twitter poll with Josh one day. Who do you hate worse, the, the uh, Packers or the it's Saints? It's a dead heat. Um, you have the Panthers, uh, Cam Newton coming off his preseason injury. Uh, you have the Falcons, who were in the Super Bowl two years ago. And then you have uh, Tampa Bay, uh, who has a, a new coach in uh, Bruce Arians, uh, a, a veteran coach. But I just don't. And, and they have some nice – Mike Evans is a nice receiver. Tampa's got some players. I just don't see them putting it together, really. Uh, not, so. I, don't see them, I don't see them threatening the, in this division. I just think the other three teams are too good compared to that, comparatively, and uh, I think you can discount the, the, the Bucks entirely. I mean, I, they'll be better because they have Arians. But um, I, I, guess I'm, I'm, I guess I'm going Saints uh, – Saints, Panthers. I just, I'm a Cam fan. Yeah, I was, was going to say you're higher on Cam. I'm not I that anyone – yeah, really thinks Cam's terrible, but but you're higher on Cam than most. People. I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them as the second place team, um, and and a wild card, uh, just because oh, I think sp- spoiler alert. On they the, on they, the wild yeah, they have they have I, I like what they have offensively, uh, and they all they always seem to have a, a formidable defense. So that's where I am with this division. Joe, what do you got? No, I I, I I've got the Saints. I mean, they're. they're 
their uh, head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, yeah. Actually, I, I, I like I like the I like the Falcons. Uh, you know, to, to to make some noise, and, uh, and I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with them. I just don't think Dan Quinn's a very good coach. <laughs> He's held the Falcons <laughs> back from winning a Super Bowl uh, before. And there's yeah, so. and there will always be a bit of root, rooting against Dan Quinn in this office. I think. Yeah. So, but but it's beyond that. I mean, the, the guy just <laughs> just run the ball a couple times and you win the Super Bowl, uh, and he didn't do it. And there, there's been other blunders over the years too so um the, the falcons have some nice talent obviously with jones and matt ryan is a good veteran quarterback um i'll go with the saints too just because i camara uh, thomas uh breeze all, all, all the pieces they have but i i sort of like the panthers as being the second best team in that division with with cam and uh, mccaffrey so yeah i'm i'm with you on that uh i just i McCaffrey is also one of these guys who's probably probably like had like Dalvin Cook is is a little underrated. And I think he can really can really carry them. Yeah. NFC West, uh, you have the reigning NFC champs in, in, in the West and Sean McVay's Rams. Uh, I guess they're the favorite again this year because um, everyone loves Sean McVay. Um, he's he's the new genius on the block. <laughs> you, so. you, know, you guys, I just read today. Drew McGarry's uh, "Why Your Team Sucks" Rams version, and he has a description of Sean McVay in that that I can't. Well, I could read it. It, it alludes to a few a, curse words. No, nah, it alludes to a male body part. Uh, but it's worth reading that one just to read his description of Sean McVay. Anyway, go ahead, Greg. Yeah. So uh, I think Jared Goff's a good quarterback. I don't know how great he is. He just got a huge extension today. Yeah, uh, he did. Contract yeah. extension. Right. So I, I think he's good, not great. Um, uh, Todd Gurley with 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 the with the health, uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, of course, the Rams have our boy uh, Rob uh, uh, Havenstein um, on the offensive line and a good offensive line. Uh, the skill position players are good, obviously. I, I just don't know that they could be as good as I think they'll be good, but maybe not as good as they were last year. So, but when you're comparing them to San Francisco, who's got tons of questions, Arizona, who's got a rookie quarterback and tons of questions. And uh, also, well, and then there's Seattle in the division too. So, so yeah, I mean, I always say the same thing about Seattle. They say say about Green Bay. Like, doesn't matter what they have, as long as they have Russell Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. As long as they have him, as long as the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, they're most likely going to be a threat. So, yeah, that's where I I, I guess I'm. I, I don't know that I'm taking L.A. as number one hands down division and champion. Now Seattle has Clowney too on yeah. the defense. I, I just don't know that I'm ready to do that just because I because Russell Wilson just finds ways. And I sort of look like Jared Goff like I look at Mitch Trubisky. Good quarterbacks, good young quarterbacks, but but not not there's something missing there. They're they're, they're not great. So um I will go just cuz the Seahawks I <laughs> As good as Wilson is, I don't know if I could put him number one. Maybe I think they'll be in wild card contention, but I don't know if they're better than the Rams. So I'll go. I'll go the Rams to win the to win the West. I, I think I'll I'll say I'll, I'll agree with you there. I'll say they're going to win. I don't think they're going to run away with it though. Yep, Rams as well. Uh, Seattle's close, and they're and and they're going to be a wild card yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm gonna, I agree with you. Yeah, I'll go Seattle wild card, and I am going the Carolina Panthers as my second wild card in the NFC. I I concur. That's those are two my two wild cards. Because well. I I, th- I think Cam will have a pretty good year. I think he was hurt for a lot of last yeah. season. His his arm was really in bad shape last year, um, and I think McCaffrey improves uh, upon what he did last year. And I, I like the Panthers as that second wild card team. I'll go Cowboys. You know, they'll, nice. they'll, they'll get uh, Zeke back in, in plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. As long as that happens, they'll they'll get that second wild card. So I have no NFC North team in the playoffs other than other than the Bears. So I buy that. I definitely buy that. Yeah. So uh, so we'll see. But you guys have the Packers in and Rodgers. So yeah, yeah, but so I agree that there's right, not going to yeah. be a wild card out no. of that division. Right. Okay. No. All right. Uh, Super Bowl. Uh, uh, we're not going to go round by round in the playoffs, but but uh, Super Bowl. Uh, it's easy to pick the. A- it's easy. Uh, who who do you, who are your thoughts? What are your thoughts, Greg? Who do you got? Uh, it's hard to pick against New England and the AFC just because they do it every year, even though they don't have the most talent and don't look like the team to do it. But yet they're there every year. So until they're not, it's, it's hard to pick against the Patriots, um, especially. Well, Kansas City. Can can Mahomes get him there in, in, in year number three uh, here? Year number two is a starter, but year number three overall. Um, 
and the Chiefs should have beat them last year. So I'm going to say the Patriots, and uh, in the NFC, I will go. Uh, I I, I want to say I don't think Trubisky can take a team to the Super Bowl. I, I, I would be tempted to say the Bears because of their defense, but I will go the Patriots and the Eagles. All right. I'm going to take a different tract with the AFC. I'm going to actually put the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I think they figure it out. I think Mahomes. Yeah, like, like the Patriots, who are their receivers going to be? Uh, their yeah. the rookie receiver, Nikhil Harry's on IR for the first yeah. part of the season. No Gronk anymore. I mean, Edelman's there. Uh, Josh Gordon's a total question mark. He could be good, but but I, I, you don't know. You're asking a bunch of questions about the offense. I ain't worried about their offense. I'll just say that. Like they just they'll be yeah. fine. They'll be there. They'll make it to the championship game and they'll lose to the Chiefs. Okay. That's that's what I'm picking in the AFC. And the NFC, I have no uh idea who I who I would yeah, say sort of is like the a, favorite. Sort of like a hodgepodge of teams I, there. I ain't putting the Saints there because I hate the Saints and I just can't stomach the idea of them going, even though I think they're really good. So I'm gonna put the Panthers in the Super Bowl. Okay. Cam gets back to another Super Bowl. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with the Chiefs as well, uh, and I, I don't know if I read anybody getting them there. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Packers. All right. Okay. All right. So I, I go New England, Philly, and you guys go the Chief. Joe goes uh, Chiefs, Packers. Josh goes uh, Chiefs, Panthers. So they're lo- they're locked in stone, boys. No no changing, and we'll we'll hold you to your <laughs> word uh, throughout the season. So. Not sure there's anybody out there picking the Panthers to go to the Super Bowl other than me because I'm right. such an NFL expert. I, I almost wanted to put the Bears there, and Joe probably would have. Joe probably would have uh, shook his head at me uh, if I did that. So. Yep. Um, any other news this week uh, that, that we should touch on before we do our uh, typical segments uh, here? Not really. Okay. I mean, we're still in the home stretch here with baseball. I don't think there's really much to talk about there. Although I did, I did want to mention this that we didn't get to talk about it the last time because we had Matthew Collar on, but. I did sit down and watch because I had to for uh, <laughs> I had to get this story in the paper. I was waiting to see uh, the end of a Nationals game, and I sat and watched a bit of their game a few weeks ago. And uh, their lineup is really damn good. Like they are just a really good team. And um, how will they not do it? How year? will they not do it? Right. That's the question. Like, and I wouldn't. I refused to pick them at the beginning of the year because I picked them last year. But they're better without Bryce. It's incredible. Like they that lineup up and down is is really solid. Soto is a terrific talent. Robles Robles is a, is incredibly he's an reliable. Awesome, he's become an awesome defensive. He's a uh, great defensive fielder. player. Right. Rendon maybe one of the great underrated player in, in the entire game. Um, man, they're just and I love Trey Turner. Trey Turner is like becoming one of my favorite players. I don't even get to watch them that much, but I just love what he does for them. And this is saying nothing of what they have in terms of starting rotation. So, right. Yeah, they have three. They have a big three uh, in the starting rotation with uh, yeah. Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. So, so I was just watching some of their game. It was probably the first time I'd actually sat down and watched like maybe three innings of a Nationals game all season. And, uh, yeah, they're just really impressive. And I will be floored if they blow it this year somehow. And you don't make it to the World Series. But, but you're offering them the kiss of death, you know, because you did pick them to go to the World Series I did. last year. I did. They're, they're not going to blow it. I mean, <laughs> as a Cubs fan, I, I watched them uh, mop the floor with my Cubs. Yeah. And, you know, they're I, – I, I was very impressed because they're, they're, they're unlike many teams around the league right now, they're not going to sit back and wait for the two-run and three-run homers. I mean, just the – just the little things. It, 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 they score the way you're supposed to score in in, in playoff games. Uh, you know, two out, clutch, two out hits. You know, run around first, nobody out. Hit, hit the ball the right field. You, not know you got first and third, nobody out. Your your chances of scoring go up. I mean, they're they're jumping on teams in the in the first three innings. You know, to the point they're doing it consistently. Where the opposition's like, okay, here we here we go again. You know, we're we're down again. It's like you know, putting somebody underwater and not letting them come up for air type of and, thing. And I mean, they're, they're, they're getting not, it throughout the lineup too. I mean, Brian yeah. Dozier is going to have 20 plus home runs this season. Matt Adams is going to have 20 plus home runs this season. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the home runs are, are talked about. I mean, yeah, Rendon and Soto have 30, but you know, if, if they don't, you know, if you don't throw the ball, 
in the strike zone that you know they'll happily take their walks and then you've got men on first and second or the bases loaded and you know Suzuki and Dozier are are, are driving in runs uh, because the pitchers have to throw to them so they're powerful and and disciplined as well the discipline to me is uh, stands out a lot more than than the power so in the Dodgers Nats playoff series Joe who do you got if that were to happen, uh, I'll uh, I'll go with the Nationals, uh, and if the Mets make it there, I'll I'll go with the Mets as well, just because of the pitching. Yeah, I one thing that, and on top of everything Joe just said about why the Nats are so good, is it's something we talk about every year at this time of the year, and that's and that's team chemistry, and I really think they have like a, a ton of it, and they have they have a mixture of of youth and and experience, and it seems like they're all having a, a freaking blast, like. I mean, and that's really important. Like, if you watch a team and they're clearly having fun and they're enjoying each other and, uh, you know, they're out there scoring tons of runs and running around the bases and laughing and having a good time in the dugout, like, that's that, you know, that shows you something about the team. And I think that's where they are. And I will say that Dave Martinez deserves a lot of yeah. credit. We were more, talking about firing him, more, right? More, more than he deserves. I mean, there were columns written yeah. talking about firing Dave Martinez. But if you look at it, they haven't had Ryan Zimmerman. And you could say what. Ryan Zimmerman is as a player at this stage of his career, but Zimmerman's missed a lot of the time. He's a team leader. He's a leader. Um, Scherzer's He's missed. He's a leader. Scherzer's missed quite a bit of time. Um, they've, they've had all these various injuries. Uh, their bullpen, uh, Sean Doolittle, their closer, uh, probably went on the injured list just because he needed a rest more than anything because they were overworking him. But, um, but they've really had a lot of their top guys out of the lineup this season. Trey Turner missed uh, a, a month of the season and, and yet here they are in, in playoff position. So Dave Martinez doesn't, he's not, he doesn't say anything negative. He's always Mr. Positive and it's on to the next thing on to the next game. Some people don't like that. Um, they'd, they'd rather him be a little more, I don't know if the word's authentic, but just, just be a little more real. Um, um, but uh, he, he, that's who he is. That's yeah. everything I've I've read. We've read tons that's of who stuff. He is. Yeah, we've I read know. tons of stuff on him from the post this year, and I think he's, that is he, really he who he is. He doesn't say anything bad about about, yep. about anyone, and it's always positive. And let's look at this optimistically. And he's like the anti me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a tough thing to do, uh, but but he's like that, and I, I think the team responds to it. So I, I think he deserves a lot of credit as manager. I mean, I early in the season he he got a lot of the criticism for mismanagement of the bullpen. No, he his bullpen just wasn't good, plain and simple, in the beginning of the year. And so now, you know, they bring in uh, uh, Hunter Strickland. They bring in uh, Daniel Hudson. You know, Suero's been pitching better. And Doolittle and, will and, be back. And, yeah. and Doolittle will be back. But, you know, but, you know plain and simple, their their bullpen is, is better. Is it fantastic? No, but a lot of teams in the major leagues can say their bullpen is, is not f- fantastic, but it's le- at least it's serviceable right now. Right. All right, I'm going to combine my scene or to be seen with my bad look uh, of, of the week. Okay. Um, yeah, I, you got you got a great scene or to be seen. Yeah, I think. I'm going to go. So let's jump uh, into scene, that. I'm going to go scene, and I had the chance to go to the U.S. Open uh, on Sunday, and it, it was it was a really fun experience. I I've, I've always wanted to do it. I've talked about doing it for the last 20 years. It'd be great to get to New York and go to the U.S. Open uh, one day. Um, and uh, I, I looked at the draw when it came out. I sort of lined up the days when uh, our, our, our boy Roger Federer was going to be playing. Uh, and uh, here, here we had a, a Labor Day weekend. Uh, he was going to play on Sunday. So, so me and a buddy went up on Sunday to see him. And it happened to coincide with Serena's half of the draw playing too. So... Uh, had had the chance to go to New York Sunday morning and and, and caught the day session uh, with with Federer, uh, who had an easy win over uh, David uh, Goffin, who's a pretty highly regarded player. I mean, he's the number fifteen seed, former top ten player, who just didn't put up much of a fight. It was almost disappointing, not because Roger won, but it just it wasn't a very compelling match. Uh, there was no real uh, pushback at all from from David uh, Goffin, and then Serena played after that, and uh, aside from. Uh, turning her ankle and what looked like a pretty scary moment there because she was pretty slow to get up uh, uh, she, uh she rolled too and uh, just watching the women's players I, I will say just the pace and and the athleticism is it's really impressive to see in person i mean it, it's impressive enough when you watch it on tv but it's even yeah. more impressive when you see serena swatting 120 mile an hour serves in person that was so. my big question for you was how it matched up to 
for all of these years, you know, you've watched all of these great players on television and that's really probably been it for your tennis viewing. So how did that, how did it sort of compare to, um, watching it in person compared to watching on television? It's it, it just, even from really high the, up, just the precision. I mean, the seats were high up, but they're still good seats. I mean, better, better than I was even thinking it'd be. I mean, uh, the, the view is pretty good and you're not, you're far away from the players, but not, they're not like dots on the court. I mean, you still, I get a pretty good look at yeah, it. Yeah, if you go on Greg's Twitter account, you can see some video of Serena and how right. and, and where and, where you were and sitting. Fe- and Federer too. Yeah. I was a little more zoomed in on the Serena one, I, uh, just because that was the second one I took in and I had a little practice. But um, but Federer too, and, and you get a, a more of an appreciation in the Federer video how high up we were sitting. But um, but just the precision uh, and just how if you're off by a millimeter that, that you could you could lose the point uh, in terms of your footwork, in terms of how, where you place the shot. In terms of uh, connecting, are, are you are you late on the shot? Um, uh, did you get hit the ball too late? So just all these little intricacies, uh, just seeing them play out in person is, is pretty impressive. What about so, the fan experience? So what was that like? The energy, just to maybe getting a chance to bounce around from court to court. What, what, what did yeah, you do I out mean, there? Yeah, I mean, well, we're, we were in the fourth round, so there wasn't as much singles action going on. Uh, Coco Groff ha- happened to be playing doubles on uh, Armstrong Stadium, and it was packed. Every it's Coco mania uh, whenever she plays doubles or singles. Um, um, uh, so uh, there there were tons of people there. I mean, we were uh, waiting to get in the gate uh, probably at about eleven thirty, and we were just sitting there baking in the sun. And finally, someone pointed out to us that there's another gate on the other side of the grounds that you could go into. So a bunch of us went there. And and it, the lines were long, and I was going to say this too. Part of this is because I'm I'm older and, and I'm also incredibly spoiled through the job I have, and I get to attend all these cool sporting events. But the fan experience and going to sporting events as a fan <laughs> has really diminished as, as I've gotten older. I mean, uh, that is so funny you say that because I literally have had that same thought within the last week. Yeah, I mean, or so. it, you you. I mean, I enjoyed going to the U.S. Open. I thought I thought it was a fun day, and I'm glad I did it. But just fighting all the crowds, you're pay- everything is over. You're overpaying for everything, um, and, and you're not in. You're not that close to the action and the, and the players. I mean, you're in the stadium, but but you're not that close. So just the the whole. So going to sporting events as a fan is really diminished in, in, in my mind. Just, yeah. and part of it's because I get to go to tons of sporting events. It's what I do for a living. Um, so just by the nature of all the sporting events I go to, not everyone's going to be like super awesome any, anymore. But still, like between the crowds and and the money you spend on parking uh, transportation getting there um uh concessions souvenirs like i I was going to get a u.s open hat well i had the hats were thirty (laughs) dollars so the the just polo t-shirts were upwards of 60 70 even 80 or 90 did you see any fed apparel they they, they didn't sell it they didn't sell that stuff they weren't they weren't selling the players individual logos and stuff, uh, branded apparel. merchandise yeah it was all u.s open stuff or a, or like wills like federer had some wilson stuff because he's with wilson yeah. so there was some wilson stuff with federer on it but but like there were no rf hats or t-shirts or, or i, I, I would have yeah. taken the plunge on that but um what were, what was your uh you were gonna fold this into your bad look yeah i have a couple bad looks from from the u.s open uh, the first is novak Djokovic. Uh, re- re- <laughs> retiring against Stanford. I was Rinka. gonna, I was gonna speak to this in my scene, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you, it's not your night. I mean, Vavrinka is, uh, he, he, he's, 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 he's outplaying you badly. Just fi- finish the match. I mean, g- give. I, I know this is not this is professional sports, and it's not about being nice and making sure everyone feels happy and good and stuff, but give the guy the satisfaction of actually having a win because you would want the same in return. So so, so finish out the last three or four games, give Vavrinka the win, and just say he was the better man tonight. And the fact that he retired, yes, I'm sure he was in some pain, but I think it was as much because it just wasn't his night and he was going to lose as, as, as much as the injury. So right. so I, I didn't like Novak's uh, retirement there when, when he was clearly getting outplayed. My other one is uh, Marin Cilic uh, last night against Nadal. Uh, he loses the first set. He and Nadal did this too, but but Nadal's the f- heavy favorite and is expected to win. He's got more margin for error. But Cilic plays a great second set. He wins the second set from Nadal, and then he leaves the court to take a break to change his clothes or his clothes or go to the bathroom or, or whatever he did. 
thereby like killing all the momentum he built in winning that second set. <laughs> when you're if you're going to beat Rafael Nadal, you got to show him that you're going to beat. You're not going anywhere. Like you're going to be there every point. You're going to fight for every point. By leaving the court, not only are you stifling your own momentum, you're sending a message to Nadal that, hey, this guy. I mean, he's he's uncertain, and I mean, the message you want to send is, I'm going to be here for every point, and he's not there. <laughs> Nadal is like. My right. opponent has disappeared. No. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so these guys and Chelich isn't the only one to do it. These guys, Federer does it sometimes, yeah, does. where they win sets and then they leave the court, and that just seems counterintuitive and counterproductive to me because you you're the one with the momentum. Yeah. You want to keep things rolling at the time, and you're sort of stifling your own momentum. So my other bad look was Marin Chelich leaving the court after winning a set from Nadal, and I think he won three games after that after coming back on court so so those are my bad looks for the week uh from from the u.s open i wanted to uh i could i guess i could come up with my 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 first good look of the week yeah you were gonna since i'm doing the bad luck you you had yeah. the idea that you were gonna do the good look of the and week. you stole my scene because you talked about Valrinka and uh, and novak djokovic so i wanted to mention that um but i so i'll fold my good look of the weekend with my scene and that was a tweet that I saw that I sent to to you, Greg, and a couple of others uh, of Bill Belichick being asked about um, Andrew Luck's um, retirement. Let's see if I can pull this up here. This was misinterpreted, by the way. <laughs> it was. It was. That's not. But it's still hilarious that that right. that he said I didn't see that. Right. And as if Bill Belichick did not know that Andrew Luck retired. The, which the, the Patriots had to clarify that they yes, had. He, yes, he knew who Andrew Luck was and knew knew who he retired. So <laughs> he meant I didn't see it coming. Yes, like, I, I, I didn't, didn't see I, it I, coming. I, I didn't foresee it happening. Not I didn't right. see that Andrew Luck retired. But of course that like went went wild on right. on the on Twitter and and on social media does because Bel- does Belichick know who Andrew Luck? Because because he did follow that up by saying I don't really follow them. Like right. well of course. Of course, yes, you're just focused in on your oh team. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! A guy that's won six Super Bowls doesn't know who Andrew Luck is. <laughs> so anyway, I just thought that was hilarious. I know it was a, it was misconstrued, but it was it was a good look uh, there for a little while. It was just funny. Yeah. So I, I saw that. And Josh's I good look of the week, following my bad look of the week. So, uh, Joe, do you have a scene or two be seen? Seen or to be seen, boy. I'm. Uh, I always go with the low hanging fruit. So uh, you know, the to be seen. I'll be. I'll be at home watching watching Packers and Bears and seeing uh, the Packers prove me right. As far as uh, it's so funny how you and I are so similar. Yeah. It's like we don't believe in our teams at all. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> well, no belief. J- j- well, it's it's more because you know the NFL. None of us like I believed in the Browns over the like none of us believe in. I don't know. I feel like like to just start seasons like you're more optimistic than I am ever about the Vikings. And your team has been horrible. Yeah, much more horrible than the Vikings. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 with the NFL the way it is, and with the Bears, you know, the way they've been, usually it's you know one good year followed by you know a so-so to below average year. So, yeah, well, that's, I, guess uh, I, I just see that, that that coming again. It's it's been it's been a while since they've been able to you know sustain success over two, three, four years. I wanted to mention one other scene, and that's uh, a show that I, you know, how I recent, I, I frequently uh, mention like Netflix or Amazon shows I, I watch. And I just got hooked on this show called Big Little Lies. It's about a bunch of women out in uh, Monterey, California, and some crazy stuff that they get mixed up in in their personal lives. And uh, it's got Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman. Who I can't stand. I've never, I've never liked Nicole Kidman. She's a fantastic actress in this series though and reese witherspoon's awesome in it um if you've never i mean it was an hbo show it's acclaimed i think uh i have been like glued to my phone and like television watching these two seasons Uh, i think the second season just concluded and it is like incredible drama it's shot in a really interesting way uh there's lots of like very quick scenes uh i I don't know uh, there's something about this show that has like fascinated me um, so if nobody's watched Big Little Lies, it's uh, it's worth your time. I, I want to mention a two B scene that we're not even guaranteed of yet, but Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal have never met yeah. in, in the U.S. Open final yes. before, and they both have a good chance of of, of getting there on Sunday. So, uh, so in this midst, 
in the midst of the first NFL Sunday, we could have an awesome U.S. Open final. Yes. Uh, the first at the U.S. Open between uh, Federer and Nadal. So not guaranteed to happen yet. Uh, they, they both have uh, – some tough matches to win, but uh, but it would be quite something if they met in the U.S. Open. So final. Roger is uh, is up two sets to one. He's in the fourth set against, against Dimitrov. Dimitrov, and he is down three one ah. in the fourth. So he's having a bit of a time. And the winner of that match would face Daniil Medvedev, who's had one of the better <laughs> summers of anyone yeah. on. He, he made the final of Washington. Yeah, uh, made the final of. Uh, Montreal and then won Cincinnati, so that would be no pushover match even in the semifinals. And the crowd is the crowd hates him, and right. that's an interesting side side story. To right, the, I, the whole I, I'm, tournament. I'm not, I'm not, I, I haven't watched a lot of his matches, so yeah. I'm not from, completely familiar with the story. But yeah, it would be an interesting semifinal. Yeah, um, Rafa's probably going to go through a five seven guy, uh, Diego Schwartzman, and then either face uh, 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 the number twenty four seed. Um, or Gael Monfils, who's not known for his uh, getting deep in slams yeah. because he's not the mentally toughest player. I, I watched some of Schwartzman's match last night, and, and I got to I gotta say that I'm, I have not been impressed with Zverev. I, I've yeah. watched him play a handful of times. I don't know what. He just can't put it together in these big tournaments. He, he's won one real real high-profile match in his entire career. He beat Nadal in the Australian Open. Yeah. And he's – it was either Djokovic or Nadal. Um, and uh, he's milked that victory for all it's worth because right. he doesn't really have another big one. He's He's been the guy that's supposed to be the next the, the next talented, you know, challenger, and he just hasn't risen to that, uh, that hype. So right. I was kind of disappointed. I was rooting for him yesterday, last night, but uh, – yeah, he, he wasn't able to get it done. All right, and we will close this week's episode by throwing people, more people on the boat. Do you have a you have a strong one, don't you, Greg? You I want do. To start. My mine's a bit controversial, I think, because uh, there's lots of people that love those tear jerking Tom Rinaldi features. Yeah, I, I think Tom Rinaldi's. He, you're starting to tell he likes a lot of Tom Rinaldi, <laughs> so. <laughs> Like there was an inter- he was interviewing Rafa after his first or second round match last week, and he went off on this tangent about asking Nadal about Andy Murray playing his challenger, challenger tournament at his academy in Mallorca, Spain. And if it was just a question or t- yeah, it's an interesting thing. This former top four player in the world Grand Slam champion is playing a challenger event at your academy. A question or two about it would have been appropriate. But Ronaldo was like giddily asking him like five questions about it, <laughs> and the, the worst part about it was you could see Rafael Nadal was just like, uh, like why he was probably like wondering why in the hell is this guy continuing to harp on this angle? And he didn't know what to say. He had nothing really to say about it. He was forcing him to just sort of be like, oh yes, it's a very nice tournament thing, and he's it's very nice of him to come play in my tournament and right. blah blah blah. It was just that, terrible. That, that, that was the that was the gist of it. And Ronaldo went on for like four or five questions. Ronaldo was like it. losing his mind over this. He thought it was the most interesting. Right. Angle. And then I don't even know if this was televised on Sunday, but after Federer's win on Sunday, he was asking Federer about Coco Goff in front of the whole stadium. Of yeah, people? and like because they had she had that hug with Naomi Osaka right. after their match. It was a nice emotional moment. So he's asking her about that, and then he gets into all this questioning about how would he advise coco goff uh in, in her young career as a 15 year old tennis player it was about three or four questions about coco like goff. right after federer had just won a, right. won a match these weren't, now granted there weren't these weren't the first questions he was asking but it was a whole line of questioning about coco goff and again a question or two about it might have been appropriate but it was like why are you asking who cares what roger <laughs> federer thinks five questions deep about coco goff so and 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 I and I texted this to you. I'm like Ronaldo's like getting out of control with these yeah. interviews. And I also said like you could tell like he's going for the oh Tom that was that was brilliant yes. oh, brilliant work Tom brilliant. And, and 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 he also does this thing that you and I laugh about and pick up on. And it's like he he uses the person's <laughs> first name at least once per question. It's like Roger. How'd you feel about this win, Roger? <laughs> like it's at least once he uses the person's. First There's only two people talking there, Tom. Right. You're clearly talking to Roger Federer. We don't need you to t- say his name three times. Right. Per and, like, and like every question starts with like his name or yeah. and then and then he works it in again into the yeah. same question. It's, so. it's sort of like how I hate something I hate about Peter King, who I think is is awesome uh, in general, is in it constantly comes up in his work where he says. 
Andrew Locke told me. Like, just right. say Andrew Locke said. Right. Like, we know who you are. We know how, how you know, how, how cool respected you are, right. you are and how you get all these interviews with these guys on their cell phones right after games or right after they announced their retirements and stuff. I don't need you to tell me he told you. Right. Like, I know that's what happened. Yeah, so it, it, stop it. That, that annoys me, too. Yeah. Josh, that annoys me, too, Josh. So. <laughs> It's <laughs> a bad look by by Rinaldi. Right, right. So, exactly. So, so he's asking Roger questions about about Coco Golf. Geez, he he didn't sneak in his thoughts on how Tiger Woods is right. doing. Oh, for every, God's everybody sakes. wants yeah. to know how Tiger Woods is doing. And, and how about Barack Obama's presidency or something like that? So why why why, why not? Did he did he that? ask Rafa all about Tiger last night? He did. Because, he oh, did. for God's yes. sakes! Thank God I didn't watch yes. that. I would have puked. Yep. All right. Well, I got. I got. Are you done, Greg? Uh, yeah. Rinaldi's going. He could interview people on the boat. Uh, starting. He's start, starting right now. He's on there with Jim Nance. Uh, he's on there with one of the boneheaded Sports yeah, Center he, guys. Yeah. I threw on and, there. And and Rinaldi, don't get me wrong. He's a talented guy. He's a talented storyteller. But he's 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 getting a little full yeah. of himself here. That's sort of the way I felt about Jim Nance for right. a while, which is why I threw him on there. Right. Uh, I want to. I'm going to put uh, somebody on there whose name keeps popping up in the news. Again, I think he was even in New York for the for the Open in the first week. I saw photos of him on the court with Federer and whoever uh, for photo ops. People were always having him come talk to their teams and spout his Mamba philosophies or whatever. Like Kobe Bryant needs to go away. I'm not sure why I understand why why people are still fascinated with Kobe Bryant. Part Bryan. of it is because he does this, like Peyton Manning is a series for ESPN, where he's like breaking down like players' games. and Yeah. Uh, like he's telling you why LeBron is great. Okay, uh, that, I'm sure right, that's yeah. really good. Right. But it's just all of this other extraneous stuff. that I, I don't need to hear what Kobe Bryant thinks about all of these things and his philosophies on competition and life. His, you're not going to read I'm, his children's books? I'm not going to read his children's books. If he, if he writes a book about – his philosophy i'm not buying it or reading it i, I think Os- in the wor- oscar winner kobe Bryant, and the, right and the word i think i use with you in a text is that he seems like the most disingenuous person out there like i just i don't believe anything that he says is authentic i know people th- feel that way about uh certain athletes like i guess a rod's another one who comes up in the, in this discussion um you mean duplicating michael jordan's career <laughs> right is, is not super, and that's is not super authentic right and that's what that's the point you made i'm like that is precisely what i'm talking about i just I think he just comes off as very fake and like everything that he's doing is an act constantly. And I, I just, again, I'm just, I don't understand why he's still so prevalent everywhere. Like he doesn't play anymore. I think it's just time for him to go away, maybe go produce some movies or whatever he wants to do. But like, I'm, I'm just kind of tired of Kobe Bryant. So I'm going to throw him on the boat. I mean, you're not tired of him uh, bringing up his little relationship with Shaq all right. the time. Now, I mean, again, you, you can't something get else. enough of that. Right, it's something else. I'm just, I'm not interested in hearing about that. Uh, I mean, Kobe wrote a personal ode to basketball and won a freaking Oscar <laughs> for it. What so. a sh- yeah, yeah. So okay, who you got, Joe? My boat guy. Uh, nobody's going to know the name, but he, he he's going to get thrown on uh, on there because he actually addressed this particular situation. Uh, this is. Uh, this is Gene Diaz, the Astros Vice President of Communications. So this is stemming from uh, Astros pitcher Justin Verlander uh, not wanting to talk to a reporter. Um, That's right. We talked is, uh, about this, This didn't is we? Uh, Anthony Fenich of the uh, Detroit uh, Free Press. And, and so he, he just, uh, I guess, Astros officials, you know, during his postgame news conference, um, you know, Anthony Fenich was, was not allowed – to to attend uh, Justin's uh, Justin Verlander's the media po- scrum, post right. post yeah. media session, and so basically he's he's sitting outside of the Astros media room for six minutes while this is going on, and then he's allowed, and then of course uh, Verlander's media session is over, and then what does what does Justin do? Tells him, hey, I'm not answering your questions, so. Um, you know, I'm not going to get on Verlander about this because because of just this fact. He should have been allowed to be part of the scrum, and then yes. if Verlander doesn't want to answer his questions, part of the scrum. Exactly. Fine. Just just you know, say uh, you know no, no no comment, and then you know next question you know do the yeah. Right. <laughs> just, there's there's just, a high school coach who does that to us. To, you know, just do uh, just take that approach, but you know, but this. You know, there, there are club, you know, media relations regulations uh, outlined in the collective bargaining agreement.
statements. So, so the reason why, <laughs> reason why Gene Diaz is getting thrown on the bus is that he should know that. And so, if even if Justin Verlander goes up to him and says, "Hey, I don't want to talk to this, you know, Detroit uh, Free Press news reporter," Gene should be saying, "You know, tough. This is part of the agreement. Suck it up." Handle it, just, you know. Just do the just, no comment. Just, next question. Just yeah, do it, right, and yeah. yeah, you know. So, you know, the Houston Astros are not above the law, and actually, they, after the fact, you know, admitted to the fact that you know they they erred in this. So, so yeah, it's <laughs> mean, a good one, Joe. Yeah. So, so Gene, you're you, because uh, and only because he was the guy who actually addressed this. They said they said he said that uh, we thought this was ap- appropriate. Uh, no, Gene, it's not. You're on the bus. You're on the boat. I mean, Joe, that was an excellent choice for the boat, Joe. So, <laughs> thanks, Greg. I appreciate it, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll I will, never forget uh, this, Greg. I will say one one funny aside about Rinaldi is like Nick Kyrgios apparently made who's also on the boat. Now that now they could talk to each other on the boat. He's in the black hole. I think Joe fired him into the black hole. Yeah, well, that's true. Yep, maybe they, maybe they won't see each other on the boat. But but he apparently went on Twitter and made some like snippy comment about Tom Rinaldi nice. and like bashed him. And then sure enough, Kyrgios wins a match and who's there, who's there to interview him after the match. <laughs> but, but Tom Rinaldi, he, he, Rinaldi, I give him credit for this. He walks up to him and goes, Hey, I'm Tom Rinaldi or, or whatever. That's great. So, uh, so Kyrgios got to see him face to face and not, uh, hide behind his keyboard and type disparaging comments so no, I, didn't, I didn't see that did, did he man up and uh I, I i didn't see the i heard about the exchange but but it was just funny that uh that of, of course who's interviewing curious after his after his win after he made a disparaging comment about tom rinaldi well tom rinaldi so and with that we've probably been talking long enough and uh, we appreciate everyone listening we'll be back next week here on just another sports podcast <laughs>